this is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. God, the father, the manufacturer, if, if you will, himself to live in this earthly realm with the same power that Jesus had. Here's a revelation. Because I feel like y'all not getting me today. Here's a revelation. Don't you get it that God loves you the same way he loves Jesus? God does not love Jesus more than he loves you. You are one and the same. He loves us jointly and equally. Am I making faith to anybody? So even though Jesus was, and we, we thank, thank, thank God for Jesus and thank Jesus that he laid his life down and picked it back up. But the whole time that he was in the earthly realm, all he did is flow in the gifts of the spirit and operate on the fruit of the spirit, he never tapped into his deity. He only tapped into the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If he had great success by tapping into the anointing of the Holy Spirit, therein lies our great success. Our great success lies in the person of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to flow in the fruits of the Spirit, and we're supposed to flow in the gifts of the Spirit because we are joint heirs with Christ. Woo, y'all making me work hard tonight. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, 9 through 12 in the New King James Version reads it this way. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Let me pause just for a moment. Anytime you see in Christ or through Christ, that's covenant. That means God made us a legally binding promise through the person of the Holy Spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, listen, but the spirit of who is from God that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. Let me read that same one in the Passion Translation. It reads it a little bit differently and it'll help us to understand it a little bit better. It says, this is why the scripture says, Things never discovered or heard of before, listen, things beyond our own ability to imagine, these are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Is anybody a lover of God? But God now unveils these profound realities to us 
He reveals them to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God, for his thoughts and his secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all the grace that all, all that grace has lavished upon us. I'm still talking about a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13, again in the Amplified this time, it reads this way. And I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Do you get, do y'all hear this resounding theme, this redundant theme? God has a future and a hope for you. Verse 12 says, then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear your voice and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me, listen and require me as a vital necessity. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. We need a revelation if I know, if I have a revelation that I have a future and a hope, I know that I can't fulfill it in and of myself. What God has for me is way bigger than I, so I need somebody bigger than I to manifest it in and through my life. So I cannot make the third person of the Holy Trinity an option. I have to make him a vital necessity. Let's turn over to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse chapter 3, and then I'm going to work my way backwards a little bit, but you'll get a revelation before I'm finished. Oh, I know that clock has to be wrong. I know that clock is wrong in Jesus' name. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more cunning, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now the serpent was more cunning, more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now the serpent was more subtle, more slick, more clever, more shrewd, more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, here's a quick question. Not really. Where were Adam and Eve? Where was their residency? In the garden. It says the beast was more subtle than any other creature from the field, which leads me to believe he was coming in and out of their presence. You have to guard your garden at all costs. You've got to guard the treasure that God has invested in you so that you can have a future and a hope. You've got to guard your 
garden. And he said to the woman, has God indeed uh, said you shall not eat from? Who starts a sentence like that? So that leads me to believe this wasn't the first, this wasn't his first visit. He had been there before. He had had a conversation before. Who's the, what stranger just starts a conversation like that? He wasn't a stranger. He was a friend of me. Perpetrating as a friend, but an enemy to destroy their future and their hope. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, girl, you're not going to die. Girl, you ain't going to die. God just knows when you eat this tree, you're going to be like him. Let me stop right The way that this clever, slick deceiver got in is he led her to believe that she was not who she already was. The devil will always always tell you you can't do what you're already doing. He will tell you you're not who you already are. He called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. God made you his masterpiece. He sent his son Jesus for you. God loves you. God so loves the world. The first thing the devil is going to tell you is that God is mad at you. God don't like you. You a sinner. You don't deserve to be in God's presence. None of that has anything to do with how God created you. The way that you were created has not changed. Come on, stay with me because I got I to gotta move forward. That's the biggest deception that the enemy has. That's all he got for real is to tell you that you're not like God. But let me go over to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is after God had made all everything else, let there be light, and there was light. We know the whole thing. Drop down to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, the mirror image of God, according to our likeness, which means the character, act like me, have a disposition like me, do what you see me do, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Eve was already like God. By the time chapter 3 came in, the enemy said, God just knows you're going to be. This is chapter 1. She was already like God, and she was already given dominion over creeps. He didn't have no dominion and no authority over her. But his biggest deception is to lead you to believe that you're not who God said that you are and that you don't have no power to overcome your inclinations. Boy, the devil is the biggest liar there is. Not only is he the biggest liar, he's the biggest loser that there ever was and ever will be. Chapter 2, verse 7, I'm going to try to... Tie it up right here. 
chapter 2, verse 7, and the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Hebrew term for that is a speaking spirit. So the highest, most supreme, most superior act of creation that was distinguished from everything else that ever had been created was God not only touched his man and formed him out of dirt, but then he breathed his own spirit into the nostrils of man. I need us to get a revelation. He breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being or a speaking spirit. As a student of the word, of course, I wondered, why did he breathe in man's nose instead of his mouth? Because he wasn't doing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. He was putting his spirit, he was putting life outside of this body. If my spirit is outside of this body, I have no life. My life comes when the spirit comes inside of me. And when God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, man became a speaking spirit. We're designed. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, we're designed to call things that are not as though they were. How long do we do that? Until they become. Now, people might look at you like you're crazy when you say, I'm healed, keeping sickness and disease off of me, and your nose steady running. That happened to me in Kroger's. I was in Kroger. I I was buying Kleenex, um, Halls, Tylenol, the whole and caboodle, the, the chicken noodle soup, and I'm at the register. I opened the Kleenex at the register. And the lady said, oh, you're catching a cold. I was like, no, I'm keeping a cold off. She said, I like it. She looked at me like I was crazy at first. She said, I like it. I like it too. Because I'm not going to be moved by what I see, taste, touch, feel, or hear. Only what I believe. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And I could look at contrary evidence and I could still talk to it. Because this is how God created us to be. This is how we get a future. And... A hope. This breath means God's existence, his reality, his essence, his companionship, his presence, his omnipresence. So when God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, that has reference to the spirit. He breathed into man's nostrils his holy spirit, his existence, his reality, his presence. And immediately, the man started speaking. I just wonder what was the first thing he said. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, glory to God. I just bet he just went into a radical praise. Are you listening to me? And even to this day, in lifeless situations, God breathes his Holy Spirit 
into the situation by means of the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is so powerful and on assignment to give you a future and a hope that he comes with his own prayer language. He comes with his very own language, a beautiful language, a powerful language of prayer. The person, Holy, of the, the person of the Holy Spirit is seen in every book of the Bible. The Holy Spirit is anew. We see in verse 1 that he was hovering over the face, moving on the face of the waters. He is a viable part of the Trinity. He is found in every single solitary book of the Bible. He's omnipotent or omnipotent, all-powerful, all-potent. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere. That's why the Holy Spirit can be in you and you and you and me, and he can be over. The Holy Spirit is big and adheres within our very own spirit. Just like we know the term hallelujah is universal in every language, the Holy Spirit is universal as well. The Holy Spirit brings revelation. The Holy Spirit brings understanding. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit has power to convict. Listen to me, convict, not condemn. It's the devil that brings condemnation. See, that's what I that's what you get. That's my blah, 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 blah. Any voice that comes that way, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is the voice of the devil to condemn you and make you think that God is mad at you and God won't give you a future and a hope. But the sweet and the precious voice of the Holy Spirit will convict you. He'll say, now you know better. And when you know better, it's time for you to better. The Holy Spirit moves and flows like water. He's moving and he's flowing back and forth between us and God. God and us. He's moving and he's flowing. The Bible is full of types or symbols of the Holy Spirit to help us to understand how viable he really is. It talks about him being a finger. It talks about him a hand. It talks about the Holy Spirit being a cloud. It talks about the Holy Spirit being uh, like a dove, gentle like a dove. So many types of the Holy Spirit to help you to understand this is not a myth. This is not a figment of your imagination. This is the third person of the Godhead. The viable part of the living body of God given to us so that we can have a future and a hope. Somebody better come up in here. God was never willing to let us go. He began to dispense himself back into us in the dispensation of innocence and conscience and human government, the dispensation of promise, the dispensation of law. I got to get into that another day. And the dispensation of grace. Grace means that God ain't ain't finished with us. He's having mercy and he's having patience upon us. Listen to, listen to, he's loving us back. Instead of beating us away, he's loving us back to him. In this dispensation of grace, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, and it shall come to pass. What did that word shall mean? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is God talking. God said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. We can't just read past that like it's not there. 
What spirit is he talking about? His Holy Spirit. And he said he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. And it goes on to talk about what is happening in this dispensation of grace. God is still pouring himself out on all of us. Now, here's the thing. When he's pouring his spirit out on you, don't put an umbrella up. Don't try to dodge what he's pouring out. Readily receive the spirit of the living God. The same spirit that was in Genesis chapter 1 is the same spirit that God is releasing out into you. Listen to me. So that you can have a future and a hope. Psalm number 16 stands out 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand pleasures forevermore what's presence what do you mean presence his spirit his breath his life who he is he has given it to us so that we can have fullness of joy god doesn't want you walking around mad sad disgusted and discouraged he wants you to have fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore Come on, before I close, I need you to get a revelation that in his presence, nothing is impossible. In his presence, nothing is impossible. Here's the deal. We got to desire his presence more than anything else. When I mean presence, I mean P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. His presence more than anything else. I'm, I'm trying to close right here. First John chapter 5, verse 7. It talks about there are three that bear witness in heaven. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or Father, the Word, and the Spirit. In the scripture that talks about uh, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. God does things in three. Why are we just hung up on two? when we're not paying attention to the third person of the Holy Trinity who is given to remind us who we are, to take us back to the beginning so that the serpent is coming from the field to contaminate your thoughts about yourself will fail. All of his strategies will fall to the earth void, never accomplishing what the devil sent them to do. Come in here and get a revelation that God has given you a future and a hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, it talks about verse 10 in particular says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in. He prepared this for us beforehand. Do y'all understand what beforehand means? He prearranged it. He preordained it. He did it before you were born, before, before the foundation of the world, before you were formed in your mom's womb. Beforehand, he already knew his thoughts about you to give you a future and a hope that he already had it taken care of. Anybody ever heard of a prepaid Visa card? It's already paid with $500 on it. You always already there. 
for you to use all the way up to the limit. Get a revelation. You're his workmanship. This word workmanship means you're his poetry. You're his poem. You're his masterpiece. You are his work of art. Now, if you're sitting there saying, "Mm mm-hmm, then you're believed in the lie of the devil, remember? He tried to tell Eve who she wasn't. She already was that from chapter 1. And here he come in chapter 3, talking about God just knows you'll be like him. The answer to that problem was, I'm already like him. But he had her mind twisted to believe a lie. Come on, I need you to get a revelation of the person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit will help you to believe the truth about yourself. The person of the Holy Spirit will help you to believe the truth about yourself. The truth about yourself is you're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. You're the lender and not the borrower. Come up in here. You're successful. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're creative. You can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. The Holy Spirit is given to help you to believe the truth about you. Genesis 1.26, you were created in his image and likeness. That was the, the crowning thing of all creation is how he created you. God doesn't change his mind. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And out of all of my mess ups and all of my dumb days, he still has not changed his mind. He's still giving us a future and a hope. I got to drop down to the end because y'all looking at me so funny. The Holy Spirit was put in charge of your life. He was put in charge of overseeing God's plan for your life. The Holy Spirit represent what God wants to do in your life to the minutest of details. The Holy Spirit is the overseer of your future and your hope. He was given so that you could accomplish God's plan for your life. You were not just here to eat, drink, and die. You were put on this earth to do great things. You have such a gifting and such an anointing on your life. The whole earth is groaning for you to wake up and realize who you are. Oh, please get a revelation. Jeremiah 29, 11 again. For I know, Scott talking, the thoughts I think towards you. And guess what? Our dumb days didn't change his mind. Instead of regarding our dumb days, he sent the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not regarding our dumb days, so you shouldn't regard your dumb days either. You just ask the Lord to forgive you. Then you forgive yourself. Now, this is how God forgives. When he forgives, he wipes it out of his mind, never to bring it up again. Forgive yourself. Testimony. I was praying one day. I was talking to the Lord one day. You know, the devil brings some of your stupid, your dumbest moments back to your mind. He brought one of my dumbest moments back to my mind. I was like, ooh, have you ever thought about something that you did? You're like, you get embarrassed about yourself. 
I was ashamed of myself. I was like, whoo. I was like, Lord, forgive me for X, Y, and Z. And he was like, hmm? I was like, Lord, forgive me for X, Y, and Z. And he was like, what you, what you talking about? I'm like, Lord, don't you remember when I did X, Y, and Z? And guess what the Lord told me? He said, no, I don't remember. Broke me down. You mean to tell me you don't remember the times I turned my back on you? You don't remember when I didn't do right, when I, with a straight face, walked into doing what you don't remember any of that. When I, when I asked for forgiveness, you not only forgave, but you erased it as if it wasn't there. Woo, what kind of love is this? And I got to tap into that same kind of love for myself. So if God forgives and God doesn't bring it up again, then guess what? You forget and don't you, bring, don't you dare bring it up again. Trust that God is who he said he was and will be in your life. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Listen, thoughts of peace and not evil. Let me bring it into today. Thoughts of peace and not drama. God don't have drama for your life. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not getting ready to be in drama. That's a no for me. Because that's not God's plan for my life. To give you a future and a hope. And to give you the unlimited ability for this year to be your year of illumination. This is your year of revelation. Listen to me and receive it by faith. This is your year of manifestation. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. This is your year of clarity. This is your year of elimination of confusion. This is your year of life defined with meticulous detail. This is your year of life unmistakably true for you. This is your year of grace. This is your year of completion. This is your year of newness. This is your year of an upgrade. This is your year of abundance. This is your year of expansion. This is your year of fruitfulness. Listen to me. This is your year of prophetic fulfillment. This is your year of divine relationships. This is your year of divine marriages. This is your year for walking in the fruit of the spirit. This is your year for flowing in the gifts of the spirit. This is your year of manifestation. Do you believe it? Y'all don't act like people that believe it. I preached hard and I've been prophesying this thing over you for months. And here's the deal. God has given you a future and a hope, but you have to do something. You have to receive it now by faith in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church, we're a family.